Welcome to another episode of From Concept to Company with your hosts, Ashley and Autumn. On this show, we dive in deep with current and aspiring entrepreneurs to learn about their pain points, things they wish they knew before they started, and their successes to date. This week, we are excited to have Brian Lamont, founder and CEO of Rock Pro Enterprises LLC, patented cartridge based DIY windshield repair equipment and Chris Connell, an attorney in Las Vegas who works with startups and entrepreneurs. All right, Brian and Chris, it's such a pleasure having you guys today. You have an amazing story that we've been following for a while now. I'm connected to Chris here in Vegas. For, for a few years, um, reached out for a couple law-related things and then heard about Rock Pro through you. Tell us a little bit about how you got connected to the company and then I want to dive into Brian's story and how he got into um, windshield repair. Okay, great. Yeah, so so Las Vegas is a fairly small legal community. If you sort of a, a lot of what happens is reputational. So a friend of mine was like, hey, there's this guy. He's got this judgment he needs to collect on. He's been doing most of it himself because he's a DIY kind of guy. Mm. and uh, But he's at the final point where he needs a lawyer to try to collect on judgment or whatever. Or, or he's moved assets to a separate company or whatever. So Brian comes in and we're chatting about this judgment to try to get, collect money. People don't tell you that just because you get a judgment doesn't mean you're going to get any money out of the, at the end of the day. Yeah. Collecting is 99% of the problem. So anyway, he's chatting away about it. And so I said, yeah, I'll help you out with this case. And he goes, hey, by the way, I have this device check it out it's this 3d printed sort of package this plunger inside i open it up I'm like what is this? it's like it's, it's a windshield rock chip repair i just got it patented I, I designed it myself i'm doing all this stuff myself and so i open it up and it's really well done for an individual that's sort of you know flying on his own without anyone really helping him other than you know going through the patent process so i looked at it and i was kind of was enthralled by it so i was talking to him about it and we're going back and forth and He's like, you know, I, I kind of need somebody to get me through some of those initial hurdles and to be a lawyer. And so we kind of discussed it and worked it out at that time. So the initial relationship was based on just a client coming in with a problem. What I like about working with Brian is that had he not sort of discussed this with me, I wouldn't be a part of it today. So one of the main things that was interesting about dealing with Brian is that lesson that you don't know what other people kind of have to offer. Mm-hmm. Or what you can offer them, unless you have a genuine sort of natural discussion about certain things. I find a lot of times that as a lawyer, people sort of look at you as, you know, linear, monolithic. You have this one path. I, there's a law action happening. I'm frightened. Talk to a lawyer. <laughs> Deer in headlights. So Brian was, you know, sort of understood that lawyers can play different roles. And I told him I had my MBA as well. And, and that's huge. It's huge. Yeah, that's amazing. So you... For all of our listeners, you're connected in a much larger capacity than just being his attorney. You're actually part of the company. Now I am, yeah. Yeah, now you are. So um, what I, I'm seeing this starting to come up where attorneys become part owner in brands rather than just doing it on a retainer basis. The, the entrepreneurial ones do. Yeah. There's a lot of lawyers that still live by that white shoe mentality. We were talking before the show and um, about, you know, big office spaces and, you know, sort of this this idea of what a lawyer is supposed to be and do. And, and people want that because, like, your CPA, your accountant, whatever, you want to have this sort of, you know, um, old school, uh, you know, understanding of, of what these people are going to do. Because 
if you're talking to an accountant or a lawyer, you know, something's typically either very serious happening with a lot of consequences. So, but on entrepreneurial lawyers, and I think there's becoming more and more of them, are the ones that are sort of not happy in that nine to five or seven, <laughs> seven to seven lifestyle yeah. on the billable hour of someone else. So I think you're going to see more of it. I think yeah. once people realize that a lot of these problems that entrepreneurs have come from being a lawyer and you mix that with a new attitude of self-determination, then you'll probably start seeing more of it. I, yeah, I think that it's the ideal way to go. Um, working with a lot of startups and watching a lot of startups over the years with Cardi Media, the brands that do have an attorney um, as a business partner do phenomenally well because they can always come to you and say, hey, what do we do about this? And hey, we need this contract and they have solid contracts and they don't get screwed over and all those fun things happen. So let's let's reel back a little bit. Brian, tell me about how you got into windshield repair. What's your, what's your background there? How did you get started in this? And make sure everybody's ready for this. <laughs> okay, as your lawyer, there's a disclaimer. You know, if you're pregnant or you have health issues or neck and back problems, it's going to be so funny and hilarious that we just have to make sure it's... Um, basically, what happened with me is I own the largest windshield repair company in California. Oh, wow. For about 20 years. Okay. Okay, I did um, commercial units, basically them trucks, trucking companies, busing, busing companies, pretty much anything that like um, Highway Patrol, Caltrans, PG&E, government contracts. I mean, I basically touched pretty much everything that rolled down the road, um, and I fixed their windshields. And this was back in 92. So, I mean, we really had a good run with that. And then towards the end of it, I, I created this idea probably about 15 years ago, and I did nothing with it. I just sat on it. I just thought somebody else would come up with it. And then one day... We got into the we got into the business part of it, and the and the thing is is more and more people got into it, and it started becoming less and less work, less and less work. You know, just like right. normal businesses. So I got out of it at after a while, uh, say about ten years ago, and that's when I decided, hey, you know, now that I'm out of this part of it, I should really take a look at creating this next piece. And it took me about nine years to put it all together. Yeah, this is business isn't for the meek or the mild. And if you're not a rich person, it's very, very tough to get started. You've got to take it off. It's just like they say, take one step, then take another step, and then take another step. And sometimes it takes years. Yeah, and we really try to reiterate that in the Action Maven's courses and in all of our marketing as, as much as we can. If you're not a risk taker and you don't have the time or you don't have the money, like, you really need to consider if starting a business is for you. And a lot of it's the right timing. We have so many entrepreneurs that come in and they're like, yeah, I've owned these five other businesses and this is the one that hit the jackpot. And it took those five other businesses to teach me everything I needed to know to hit the jackpot on this one. So it's really interesting for us to hear that you started that company in California. What brought you to Vegas? Um, Vegas was just kind of a last minute. I wasn't doing anything. I sold the company and I wasn't doing anything else. And I figured, uh, why don't I go to Vegas and see what I can do over there? I came in and I started out as a dealer. And then I worked up into, I was actually a pit boss okay. for many years. And that's when I was working on this project a little at a time, a little at a time. Um, I actually owned another company here in town that did animal rights. Oh, cool. The electronic animal rights you see at the malls. Uh -huh. I owned all of them at one point and then I sold that company and moved on to try to build this up. 
So one thing that we really try to teach people in the beginning of starting a company is that you have to have an exit strategy. And there's so many people that are like, oh, this is my baby. I want to have this, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. I would never, ever sell it. And it's like, you can't have that strategy. You've got to have your exit strategy. And we talked about it a little bit before going on air about your five year and how you want to exit. And it's just so important to plan for that even from the beginning. Um, so it's, it's great to hear that you've exited multiple before. So you have some of that background. Yeah. You got to get out at a certain point, especially when you start seeing the markets turn and stuff. You, you, you got to know when is when. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So you patented this idea, which is phenomenal. Obviously, it's a great, really important step for a successful company. Tell us a little bit about that process. You had to originally have a prototype. Um, no, when you go in for a patent, basically what you're going to do is first thing you would do before you, anything else is you, this costs about $500 to go do a patent search. Okay, don't start anything that you're going to patent without a patent search. It's too much money and it, it's too much time to find out at the end that somebody already has it. Okay, so do that first. The next step is you have to have engineering because you have to be able to show it at least on paper. You don't have to have it made, but you have to be able to show it on paper. The design, how it's going to work. Um, the features and functions so that your patent attorney can then draw it out and, and put it into a patent format. So when you started this company, did you make like an initial prototype at home or did you reach out to to someone to, to draw up your, your designs? Is, I don't know if it's considered a CAD design. Yeah, you engineer it. Basically okay. I had multiple, and to be honest with you, engineering takes time. It took probably took me five years to engineer it because every engineer brings in their own little how-to, you know, what they think is going to work. Okay. And then you really have to go through. Mine has 10 pieces that all have to link together to make it work. And you take any one of those pieces out and it doesn't work. Mm. So it, it took a lot of time to make sure this piece went through this piece, connected to that piece, that and, and, and got it to where it was actually a working prototype. And then you have to go make it. Right. Okay, you start out generally with a 3D print, just so you have, that's like, the one I brought you guys today mm -hmm. is a 3D printed and it's just a model so that you can show people. Hopefully at this point you can try to get people excited, maybe even get somebody to come in and help you because you can show it. You can right. actually say, hey, this is what it looks like. You know, it's not just an idea. Yeah, anymore. it's not just an you idea anymore. Tangible. Yeah, it's physical. But also, too, you've got to make um, a business plan. That's one of the things. When I went to my partners, I, I brought everything there. I had my business plan ready to go. I had my prototype. I, I had my patent. I had everything, and I just wanted money. Yep. And they looked at it, and they go, where can I, how can I get you a check, you know? Well, and that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand, and we really try to reiterate, too, is if you don't have your business plan, if you don't have a pitch deck, if you don't have a tangible product, nobody's going to look twice at you. Um, so that's why we're so interested and we want to share with our listeners what your process was. What, what was your first step to making this idea into a reality? First thing you have to do after you come up with the idea, which is the easy part, kind of hard to say that. <laughs> it's kind of hard to say that, but I, out of all of the things I've done, that was the easy part. Right. Once you have the idea, then you have to figure out in your mind how it's going to work. And I'm going to be honest with you, engineers don't see things the way you see them. Right. Okay. You have to tell them. Okay, I can't even tell you how many times they sent back a product after four months worth of engineering, and it's totally opposite of what I was thinking. And I have to start all over again because they didn't understand exactly what I wanted. And I thought it was just common sense. Like, hey, you put this through this, and this is how this works, and da 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 da, da. Yeah. And then they come back, and none of it's the way that you visioned it. 
And over and over and over and over, you have to do that. So, I mean, you really have to be with, with your engineering, you really have to be really tight with them. You have to hopefully have one close to where you can go talk to them. Right. That's, yeah. that's one of the big secrets too, is be able to go up there on their, on their doorstep or their office and sit down with them and show them why and how and what you're trying to accomplish. Because I tried to do it over the phone for the first year, year and a half, and they would send me parts and, and then they would go, well, this is what you told me and this is what I did. In Michigan? No, Cal- actually, my guys were out of California. Who are those Michigan guys? Oh, that was just another. That was just another group of people. But um, the the point being is is when you're dealing with an engineer, hopefully you deal with one close. If you're making a product, you want to be able to sh- go in there, show them your ideas, draw it out if you have to. Like they said, they always say, "Bring us a napkin and we can build it." Mm-hmm. Because if you tell them over the phone what it looks like, there's no way. Even though you see it in your mind and you're telling them precisely how everything is going to work. They're going to come back and it's not going to be close. And you're going to do it over and over and over and over. It's going to cost you a lot of time and money. I know I learned it the hard way. So, you know, that's one of the first steps. Once you have your design, you have to get it on paper. you got to be able to show a CAD. you got to be able to show the, the, the way it works. Mm-hmm. Um, then you'll take it and then you'll get the three. Then you will get 3D after that. And once you 3D it, then it's just start talking to your friends and your family and anybody who likes you. And, and also find the people, look at, look around at people who can help you move forward too. You know, like I said, I found Chris, which Chris is awesome. He helps me do an amazing amount of stuff and we, we get a lot accomplished and I get it done faster than if I would have tried to have just hired a lawyer. You know, if you hire a lawyer, you got to schedule a time. you got to basically go in there. They don't really care about you. You're just a billable hour. You know, you're not getting any feedback. You're not getting any, any stuff. I go on and talk to Chris. We, we put a plan together. And we execute the plan. It just makes it so much easier and faster when you're when you're moving forward. Yeah, and following those right steps, like you touched on having to have a business plan and having to confirm idea viability, you knew the idea was viable because you had been in the industry for so long and you knew <coughs> that there was something that was missing um, and that what people would pay for the particular product. You had a general idea of that, obviously starting a business, you never truly know. And then you have to tweak it and then you tweak it again. Um, and it works out great. But anyways, what I was trying to get at is you had that, that past experience. You did your idea viability. You did your business plan. You surrounded yourself with an amazing team. Building a winning team is a really vital step. Chris is part of that team. And you've mentioned um, previously that just surrounding yourself with genius people. If you don't have the answer, you need to be able to bring in people that do have those answers. So when you're trying to get a patent or you're trying to get your product on the shelf or you're trying to get packaging done, people will spend God knows how much money on packaging and then it can't even end up on the shelf because it doesn't meet the specific specifications. They've wasted all this money and all this time, but had they been surrounded by people or actually hired the right people, they would have known that and they would have been able to be on the shelves faster. You just hit on about three or four different things that have really taken up a lot of our time. So first thing I think you point out, surround yourself with people that will disagree with you. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's, That's something that we work on all the time. As an attorney, I'm, I'm mired in the world of conflict. So mm-hmm. to me, conflict has become less personal. Right. You know, I'm, I'm always dealing with someone else's problems. So Brian and Nicole and a couple of the other business partners and Jeff will sit down and, you know, we'll sit down at a table, have, have lunch or whatever, and then we'll talk about these things that you just brought up. Well, what is the right price point? You know, I, I'm always on the low end, but he's like, you don't understand. <laughs> 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 Margins. Just as, you know... Uh, 
I'm kind of shooting for volume, right. but but he's probably right. But the problem is we don't have the information. So this is why we roundtable. We don't know, right? There's there's some number that's a perfect number in economics. There's some number where supply is demand, or that you you know without having to bundle you can you know produce mm-hmm. as many, and we don't know what that is. And so we try to price it fairly. So this is why we go to SEMA car show. This is why we talk to distributors in Napa. And the more and more it goes on, the more people we talk to, they think they, the price is actually more in line with what Brian's thinking than I am. But I have no idea either. But I'm definitely going to bring it up and <laughs> kick and scream and drag and, until the data comes out through all these things. And then you talk about it and you make a decision move on. Well, and that's a smart way to do it is to, to roundtable it or even um, Yosef Kwan, he had exited to some major brands um, and he teaches our idea viability class. And we created this worksheet where you literally have to call 20 people that are your ideal target customer and ask them, what would you pay to solve this problem? Like, what is what's your magic number that you would pay um, to solve this particular problem, along with a handful of other questions to determine determine the, the right price right. point and sitting down in that initial discussion and um, talking through it. There's too many businesses out there that right. just go, um, I think this is what I should sell it for. They don't even bother doing the math. None at all. <laughs> it's like, I want this much money. <laughs> well, you can ask Brian too, cause I've, I've, you know, I'm not trying to take credit on the business plan or some of the other stuff, but I harp on that stuff. Yeah. Because I've seen failure. I've seen things that aren't budgeted or planned for. So they, they say one of the most, um, destructive things in a new business is being too successful. And that's very counterintuitive. People don't understand what it means to go in the red with cash yeah. and inventory management. And I'm going to get paid in six months. Maybe you're broke today. Right. You know, and so people don't like the, too much growth and too much success has buried more companies than, you know, than, than pretty much any other thing I can think of. Yeah. Other than obviously, I, I meant viable businesses, a lot of entrepreneurs. And you hit upon that earlier, actually. You said, you know, do a gut check, look in the mirror, say, I, I want to start a business. Okay, well, do I have kids? Yeah, Am I, that's a huge it, one. How does my spouse feel about it? Um, is this a product I seriously will eat, sleep, breathe 16 hours a day? Like Brian, I'll call him up at 10 at night. He's still talking about Rock Pro. He's, 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 he's dead serious about it, right? It's, it's not a joke to him. It's not something that's, you know, it'd be great. I'm going to start a, a clothing line. Because I think I could print, you know, pictures on, on clothes. It's like, like do you got to do the math. You got to understand your market. And if you come up to me as an attorney that helps out, I've helped out a lot of entrepreneurs. And if you come up to me and say, I got this great business idea. I say, okay, where's your business plan? What do you mean? Mm. I, I don't want to talk to you. Don't, don't ever call another lawyer again for the rest of your life yeah. until you've sit down. And, and people don't know that. So obviously I'm not as harsh, but <laughs> develop your business plan. I want you to go through steps, borrow one, print one offline, copy them, but go through the stages. Step one, okay, what's my market? I don't know. We'll, we'll you know, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what's, what's the cost of this? You well, have I don't know. To do these, you have to do these steps. And it, it was blowing my mind, five years in business, owning a marketing agency, watching so many startup clients miss these steps. I have a client right now, today, Hopefully they're not listening in on this podcast. <laughs> um, who is spending seven thousand dollars a month in rent? No business plan, no nothing. They've been paying it for a year and a half. Their doors are locked. They're closed. They will not staff someone to sit there to even have the doors open, so that when people show up, 
the doors are open and I'm like, I'm driving traffic to you and people are calling and they're complaining and they're Facebook messaging that your doors are shut. Like, I can't, this is insane. How are you spending this much money? And they're like, too busy running their other three companies. Right. It's not a baby to them. And they are complaining, oh, we're in the red. And I'm like, well, yeah. You, you, you can't do this without a business plan. You can't do this without a team. You can't do this without either hiring people to be right. in this at 100%. Right. You can't run a business at 10, 5, 10% and not even have somebody that can run it at 100. If, it's yeah, not going to be successful. If you want to do that, and if you have the money to throw it, just go get a franchise. Yeah. Okay, just because yeah. if you, but if you want to be a startup, it's never going to be successful if I'm the startup idea person and I want to delegate that to other people. There's this, I don't know what, Machiavelli and the Prince said, you know, never hire an army. Yeah. Because they're, they're not going to die for you if all you're getting from them is, if all they're getting from you is money. Right. You, you know, people will die for you if they buy into your vision. That's why giving ownership, that's why giving incentives that maybe aren't cash today could be cash tomorrow. And and, and just like that, um, the, the little amounts of equity you can give away from the beginning, you don't want to, I hear people, I give 50% of the company to this. It's like, well, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> hold on there. Let's figure out what that means. What right. are you giving? Yeah. Right? Because you better figure out what that means in time commitment. You better know these things. Yeah. And that's why it's also good to talk to a lawyer so that you can figure out, hey, what are the pitfalls of jumping into business with someone else, you know, without evaluating the, the specifics of what the, the tasks are, the delegation or whatever. But, you know, if you are an entrepreneur and you're starting an idea and you don't have any money, Sometimes it's better to just give away 10%. Yeah, give away a small percent and have them essentially um, contribute sweat equity right. and bring them on. And that was a conversation that I had with this client. I said, look, if you if you don't want to staff somebody to sit there, you've got these trainers you can give a small percentage to in sweat and you can do all of these different things that I had dropped to them as ideas. Um, and, you know, that's just I, I've seen it one too many times where they don't follow the steps, they don't talk to an attorney, they don't build a team, or they're not 100% involved, and they fail within the first five years. And that's very scary to a lot of startups. They hear, oh, the majority of startups fail in the first five years. Um, but what's not talked about often enough is the importance of having that team and following these proper steps. And they didn't do these things, and that's why they failed. Yeah, but also, too, you're going to find, especially when starting it up, is you really, just having the, the plans and all that stuff is great. Going in there thinking you know everything yeah. is awesome. You don't know anything. When you mm -hmm. get there, I can't tell you how many times I sit there with my mouth open trying to figure out how I'm going to make all this work because I didn't know that the processes to do what I want to do are way more lengthy. I thought you just took it to me, a product, and you handed it to them, they put yeah. it on a shelf, and, you, and they sold it. There's so much more that has to happen. SKUs and compliance and oh, paperwork. And, yeah. and Ashley, you brought that up earlier when you're talking about getting things on the shelf in that process. Like yeah. you said, this box, we've had conversations about the specificity of the warnings in case it ever leaks into California, you know, for, for all these things, right? Hazardous right. materials and, you know, hang tags, where, where holes go. It, it, do you have a horizontal bar or is it, what are they demanding in there? And their, their hang tags and things like that. It's Anything you think you know, and you're going to go in there thinking you're going to be smiling, you're going to be positive, and they're going to start talking about, oh, you're going to get a $500,000 you know, $500, deal or a million-dollar deal, and this is going to be so great. And then they give you the paperwork, 
it has to go that you have to fill out and tell them how you're going to be able to accomplish all this stuff. And you're standing there looking, going, I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Luckily, lawyer, I, get over yeah, here. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I actually, I, the Where's thing the is, expert? is find somebody who knows more than you about what you're going to do. Okay, that's what I did. I went out and I found a guy who already knows everything about what we're doing. So that when I go into these meetings, I can just stand there. I can just be quiet and smile. He does all the all the talking, goes through everything, and then he, when we're together later on, he explains it all back to me so that I understand everything completely. Shout out to Henry. Yeah, well. thanks, Henry. <laughs> Henry's the best. So um, learn what you know, and then find people that know more than you about everything else. Because if not, if you think you're going to go in there and you're going to be the guy that knows it all and you're going to be able to guy to figure it all out, you're not going to be the guy. No, you fall flat on your face. And that's the thing that you have to surround yourself with, like you said, people that are smarter than you and the experts in the industry. And that's why I had to have you guys on the show to talk about this product, which I think is absolutely amazing. Um, I can't wait to talk a little bit about it in a little bit here, how it works. But I love the relationship that you guys have. And I want to see more startups pivot into that direction. We see it a lot in the crypto community mm -hmm. where they bring in advisors and they give them a small percentage of the company. And, and that really intrigued me. And I started diving in deeper and I'm like, okay, more startups need to bring in experts and give them a percentage and have this massive, amazing team versus, oh, we're going to, we have this idea for this company and you and you and you and you are going to be involved and you contribute these little things, but they're just no offense, like they're just normal businessmen where with these startups specifically in the crypto space that intrigued me is they are, they are uh, a guy that has exited multi-million dollar brands and um, attorneys and just these amazing people that really contribute high value, not just time. Right. There's too many startups, especially in like Silicon Valley, where it's just a bunch of nerdy dudes that are like, <laughs> we're going to just contribute a ton of time and we're going to research how to do this and we're going to figure it out on our own and we're going to hire somebody in India to build our app or whatever. And they try to run with it. And, you know, there are some unicorns out there that sure. have been successful sure. at that, but um, not everyone's going to be Elon and actually be the best engineer at the company and a good business person. And it exactly. Yeah. you got to be able to bring in those teams and build that winning team. And I think it's a freaking phenomenal to be able to do that um, as a startup with, you know, this you, is you very just, I'm sorry, you just reminded me of a very interesting thing that I've taken in business with me. It's one of those ones I always fall back on. You said, find people with different experiences than you, right? So I used to work at a real estate company up in Canada, and the vice president, this guy always would talk about, I have 20 years in business in real estate, I have 20 years in business, and went, oh, I'm so experienced. Yeah. The vice president of the company pulls me aside and goes, that guy's got one year of experience 20 times. <laughs> He's never done anything different in that 20 years. He's done the same job for 20 years. He has one year of experience, 20 times. Now, you got to be careful of people out there, right? Yeah. I'm, I got all this startup experience. I, I, I've done 10 startups. They all fell flat at the exact same place because you're a quitter, right? right. I want to see the experience of the guy who's had to go through, or the, or the woman who's gone through a bankruptcy. I want to know the entrepreneur that had to mortgage his house. I want to know about the guy who was successful and spent it all. I want to know about the, 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 the girl that you know, lost half of her business in a divorce, not thinking a prenup was necessary. Mm. I want people that have all these weird things coming together yeah. and that are still trying. And we love our podcast for that because we want to hear about the pain points and the pitfalls yeah. and the things that they wish they knew before they started. Um, Knockout searches on patents and trademarks. I got We got the trademark done for this as well. 
And people do that too. They'll rush out and they'll try to do DIY their own trademarks or whatever. Get a, get a lawyer. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, Chris, you you came. T- tell us about, first, let, let's hear your story about moving down from Canada to Vegas. Oh, yeah. No, I, I applied at nothing but warm law schools. <laughs> people always joke around. Say, well, why did you come to Las Vegas? I'm like, look at how many sunny days there are a year. Yeah. Like, people don't understand this town. I'll never understand why, but I'm, al- I'm almost glad they don't. It's kind of like how people didn't understand Austin for a long time, and now that they do, the cat's out of the bag, and same with Denver. Right. There's yep. places that people are going, hey, wait a minute, that's a very cool place, and then they just get flooded and expensive or whatever. So mm-hmm. I hope people don't truly find out about Las Vegas. I hear people moving, and they say, I had to get my kids out of there. I had to get, um, you know, everyone in that town is dumb or whatever. Whatever. Mm. No, but you hear that. You hear that all the time. You hear that there's none, you know, the, the education sucks, this sucks, that sucks. But I'm like, no, this town's got some you know, uh, sort of rogue kind of people. They, and sometimes that's really good for your business. Mm-hmm. I've met some just brilliant people here. So, you know, that's that's why I was happy to come down here. I came down here because, you know, it's Las Vegas. It's I, I figured while in law school, I may as well <laughs> do something where I can break it up with some, you know, the monotony of law school. You can break it up sometimes. And then I found out that there's no last call. And so. There's <laughs> <laughs> no place like Las Vegas. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, so we have this really cool product sitting in front of us. So let's dive in to, we know a little backstory of how you created it and why you created it. But I heard that a four-year-old was able to use it to repair a windshield, which was extremely intriguing to me. And I got to watch the video on YouTube. Um, For those of you listening in, you should definitely check it out. Uh, But yeah, tell us a little bit about how it works and what makes it different. Be yeah. careful, Ashley. <laughs> Pandora's box. <laughs> Little Stella. She was awesome. She did such a great job. Four years old and just knocked it out of the park first time. Um, my product is actually one of the easiest to use DIY systems on do-it-yourself. So if you're going to go out and fix your own windshield, which, you know, this is Vegas, you're going to get a lot of rocks. Oh, yeah, I have. <laughs> it's just going to happen sooner or later. We have um, our device is basically the only patented uh, the only patented um, device that has a cartridge base. So basically, instead of having to put it on the windshield and then put the drops in, you you just cut and snip off the tip of the cartridge. You load the cartridge into the system. You just put the top back on. Cute, the little cute system here. Um, and then you put it on your window. You twist back. And as you twist back, what it does is it pulls the suction, and it pulls the suction, which then pulls all the air out of the brake. You'll actually literally see the air come out of the glass. Okay. Okay. Once you've done that, you basically let, let the suction work, 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 work. Once you get to the point where you've gotten enough air or all the air out. We call then, that the Rihanna level. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically, once you're done with that, all you do is push down on this little device here, this little plunger. Okay. That puts the resin down to the bottom of the cylinder. Cool. And then you just twist back on this. And that what that does is it puts uh, force behind the resin, okay. forcing the resin into the glass. Right. That you've already created a void right. in the glass. Okay. So it just goes right in, clears up, and you get between 75 to 90% clear every single time. How fast can I do this? Uh, 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Be done in 10 minutes. A four-year-old did it That's in including minutes. curing. Wow. Yeah, that's in curing the full system. You're just done. Yeah, You're done. done. You're not driving all the way to the glass repair shop and having them pull out and custom order and deliver and install and... 
That's that uh, whole freaking nightmare that I've had to be gone through. Once you've done it, if you've done it once, you understand the value of it. Yeah. You're talking about educating consumers and calling people. Hey, what would you pay for this product? I think it takes a prefacing of, have you ever had to do this? Right. That would have to be the first question. Do you have this pain point? Essentially, have you ever um, had a crack in your windshield? How did you have it repaired? How much did you pay? How much would you pay if I could tell you you could do it yourself at home in 10 minutes? Right. And and how much would you pay knowing that I think insurance companies, they do kind of ding you if you bring it in for a glass repair? Oh, yeah. People say, oh, insurance is all they'll do it for free. There's no insurance on this planet that does anything for free. Yeah. It's never okay. for free. It's you're, always you're, on. Yeah. You, even though they don't charge you, they put a ding on your as a claim. They yeah. actually make it as a claim, even though you, they've only spent 50 bucks. And now you're actually, you'll, you'll show it as a claim and you will get dinged on it. Even if it's a dollar or $2 more on your, your policy, they're still going to get their money back. Every time I've that. gone and yeah, I've, I've just paid for it. And I didn't. Yeah. Said so you can just go to the store and, you, you know, for, for 24 bucks, you can basically buy my big, my big system here and knock it out in 10 minutes. No problem. Oh, that's so cool. My little one will be 1790 or actually, excuse me, it'll be, yeah, 1790 or no, 1699. When it's done and it's it's just a single use um, device, but it's awesome. It 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 goes so much faster. The the next system that's probably closest to me, it takes you probably thirty five to forty minutes to do. Oh my goodness! And it costs how much? It's, I don't, it's I don't, the same cost. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to cost you almost the exact same thing, sixteen ninety nine. And the thing is though, is um, it's a force system. So basically, what it does is it doesn't pull the air. It basically you just put the resin in and you just put force behind it. So once they, you sit it long as you possibly can, and then, but once it's done, there's no way to fix it. There's nothing you can do. Mm. Once you put a, your force in it, if it doesn't fix it, you're stuck because you can never fix it again. Okay, because you can't go back and do it again at a later date. Mine, the nice thing about it is, if for some reason you didn't get all the air or something's not right, you just twist back again and start pulling the air out again. So you have a way to actually make it work compared to... If you do to, it wrong that first time, you're not totally screwed. Well, <laughs> the thing is, like I said, if you catch it and you don't let it cure, right. once, once you've cured it, it's a done deal, no matter how like bad it things. looks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about this kit that's next to it. Uh, that's my commercial kit. Basically, it comes with 10 cartridges. Okay. Um, it has a corner adapter so that you can get in the edges and along, along all your edges and in your, your corners. It doesn't happen all the time, but every now and again, you'll get one right on the edge of your glass, oh, and the there's worst. nothing in the market that will even come close to that. Also comes with well, what's called a big pit adapter. Anything that has a large diameter. Okay. So if a rock takes a big chunk of glass out, uh-huh. you can basically just screw this onto the tip, and now you can do the circumference. You can double the surf- oh, circumference. Oh, You've cool. thought of everything. Oh, of course. <laughs> I was in the business for 20 years. <laughs> Well, one year of experience, 20 yeah. times. <laughs> 20, yeah, one year of experience, 20 times. And it's, uh, it's what, like nine years in the making, you were saying? Yeah, it took me about nine and a half years, uh, two and a half years just to get the patent. And um, anybody going through a patent process, I'm telling you guys, don't think it's going to go fast. Um, be ready for a little bit of disappointment because from what I talked to my patent attorney, 98% of patents that go through get denied the first time no matter what. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you better be ready to fight for your, your your device. Yeah. So for this particular, going back to this particular kit, you said that it is commercial. So are you targeting big brands? Yeah, we actually, we go, we um, are with Kenworth right now. Kenworth Trucking um, is actually selling our system um, out. We're with Iowa 80 truck stops. 
Um, we, we do a lot of big commercial trucking and stuff like that. That's generally what this what is the, best the for. Package. Okay, cool. Yeah, because you're on you the road big... all the time, yeah. big windshields. You're yeah. not going to, and they have to pass inspections. So they so can't, they they can't drive around right with, away. You know, yeah. And and I know um, a little bit about the trucking industry is you're, you have a certain amount of time to get there to be able to get paid, right? Correct. And so any downtime really messes with them. The funny thing is you can actually get stopped at one of the truck stops, as we was talking about, and yeah. they, can, they can push your truck off to the side, and you cannot move your truck until you either get a brand new windshield or you fix it until it's repaired. So, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but it can happen. I've heard of it happening many times. And it's delaying them and it messes oh, yeah. with their whole schedule. And For something you can fix in 10 minutes. For something that takes 10 minutes. That's so cool. You want your Amazon delivery quicker? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So where are you at? Where can they purchase this? I know you have a website. We're, we're on Amazon. Okay. Um, we have a website at rockpro.info. And then we, um, like I said, we're in a couple of stores. We're actually, hopefully, if everything goes right, we're going to be in a much bigger location, much bigger store yeah. soon. So. Yeah, yeah, always. <laughs> um, we're working on a bunch of different places. It's going to be out a lot more pretty soon. So you'll be able to well, see us in a lot of places. it's still fairly new. It's like, what, seven months? We're on the ground, saying? yeah. We're, we, we've been working on it for a lot longer, but of we're course. about seven months out for sales. So, I mean, we're, we're actually fairly new, but we're we're getting out very fast. People are actually hearing about us and we're moving very, very quickly. Anybody who sees it, it's pretty much a no brainer um, as far as for certain corporations and companies. I mean. Did you hire a distributor for that? How are you doing that? I love the Spank story because Sarah Blakely is like, oh, I just called up Neiman Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I do have distributors. Um, I just, um, just got signed up with a couple of different ones. Cool. And they're getting me into bigger box stores and stuff like that. We actually just locked our first nationwide account down. So That's amazing. Yeah, we're actually moving very fast. There's too many companies out there that don't even know what that term means. They have no idea that there's a company that they can retain, essentially, that helps oh, them Oh, and take them placement. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it'll take you everywhere. They'll get you. What All they do is get you in front of somebody. You're right. Okay, your product is your product. I mean, yeah. basically, if you can sell your product to somebody... They'll put you in front of that person to sell it to. It's your job to close. Yeah, it's your job to sell it to them. And and also, too, you need to learn every single time you go into one of these, if you fail, don't look at it as a fail. It's like it's like Edison. You know, how many times did it take to make a light bulb? Right. The point is, if you fail, figure out what happened and where it happened. Mm -hmm. And then go back and fix it. So, okay. Because you're going to go to another company sooner or later. If you keep going with the same thing, thinking that you're smart enough and that you don't if you don't fix it right. you're going to fail multiple times yeah there's so many companies out there that are like oh i pitched and they weren't interested and then i pitched again the exact same thing and they're not interested and just nobody's interested it's like no you're probably doing yeah. something wrong figure out what it is comb your hair before you go. <laughs> <laughs> figure uh, figure out because you'll know because they target you just watch the person you're pitching to and right. it's just like anybody else the guy i was pitching to i pitched three products actually four products of my line and he went through them all and he was impressed about most of them one he was like it's a little hard because it just doesn't fit their planogram and their 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 thing right and then i pitched him this brand new device that i and his eyes turned into big old i mean just, saucers just, yeah yeah they were huge yeah and he looked at it and he pointed and he goes now that's what i want love it and you know and you got to know and you got to know and it, sometimes you have to go to one and right. get turned down oh yeah to figure out that you need to do something different right you know, because you don't know until you try, and then you better figure it out so that when you try again, you can actually get somewhere. Yeah, you have to adapt. Yes. There's There's so many brands that don't understand that, like, the pitches, you just, you have to 
go home and figure it out and change things. So once they say yes, what do you do? How do you, if let's say they have this giant order, just because I want my listeners to hear this. Um, Once they have this giant order and they go, okay, we we want, you know, 5,000 units or whatever, what do you do? First, you you go, yay! (laughs) And then you go, oh, shoot. (laughs) How am I going to possibly make that happen? And your brain better start working real fast because usually you have drop dead dates that you have to have stuff done by. Yep. And everything is on that. And you better start processing how, I mean, I have, thank God I have a lot of friends and I have a lot of people that I can get advice and I can get things done and that that are willing to come in and just help me with them to figure out the stuff. So, I mean... If you don't know, find somebody who does know and find them right away and yeah. get them helping you because right. you can't go in with a with a big order. A lot of people, they'll go in and they'll get these great contracts or these big orders and stuff like that, and then they can't fulfill it for some reason. Right. They can't. Production. Yeah, they fall down all the way down the, the, the whole thing. The contracts aren't correct. The, right. I mean, fin- just, financing, factoring. Financing. financing. Yeah, yes, it's huge. Nobody knows what a bridge loan is. Um, People think, oh, I have to have this massive warehouse filled with inventory before I can find a distributor. It's like, no, that's not how this works. JIT, baby. (laughs) Just in time. Yeah, find the distributor first. Find out where your product's going to go because you don't want the big mistake that a lot of people do. They go out there and they fill these big warehouses full of stuff. And then they go out and find out that their product isn't isn't compliant or or viable or yeah. viable the, the exact way it is. Maybe it needs to be tweaked or just something has to be done. And you're you're already spent your money on the on everything. Well, and they'll spend all their money. We mentioned this earlier uh, on the boxes and the barcodes, and they don't have the right compliances or they don't have the right size for that particular order. And now they've spent all this money, mm-hmm. um, or they you know a lot of people don't even bother trying to get into these big retail stores because they don't think that they can come up with the money to be able to fulfill. Right. Um, but there are bridge loans that are available. Oh, it's, let's put this, the, the, the one thing that everybody has said to me when I got into this is go out and get a PO and we'll get you the money. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's number one. It's but number one. E- even getting like the PO is great. Yeah. But then again, there's all these restrictions that come with national firms too. Right. Right. And then you have non-competes you have to think about and you have, you know, exclusive rights of distribution that some distributors want. And then you have to balance, OK, well, I'm not willing to give you this exclusive territory. This, you know, how do you get, you know. Yeah, we found out that everybody who wants to get involved, especially if you're a startup, mm-hmm. they want to own your product for a short they, because they want to be the first in. But they want to carry at least a one to two years so they can get maximize their profits mm. prior to letting it go out. We're the to, only ones that have it. Yeah, pretty only much. Get it here except for on. And you're not going to get past that. So if you go in thinking you're just going to sell to everybody, everybody's going to no. Somebody's going to go. Hey, we're going to do this for you. We're going to we're going to help you out. Mm. And for helping you out, you're going to go ahead and give us two years to where we can make as much money on your product without any without any competition. Well, I, I assume your listeners like Shark Tank. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And there's too many businesses. That's why, again, I'm going to keep reverting back to this and why we had to have you guys on the show together is that um, there's so many startups. Let's say you were you and you didn't have Chris. You'd be sitting there going. It'd be so lonely, too. Is, is this, what, <laughs> is mean, this normal? Like, mean, would, is signing this long of a contract normal? Is signing to where I don't distribute to the East Coast for what or whatever, um, you know, like. I wouldn't Lon- have, lonely as well. I wouldn't yes, have so lonely. many arguments <laughs> about what I want to do. But um, no, you have to, and like I said, you have to have somebody who goes through and protects you. If you don't have anybody protecting you, 
and you think you're protecting yourself, you're, you're not. not. It's no. that one word, it's that one phrase, it's that one thing that will sink you. And when you go out to, to a distributor or you go out to a store or something like that, they every word they, they put in there, they mean. I mean, you can't think it's like, oh, don't worry about that. Yeah, if it's in the contract, worry about it. You better know exactly what's going on because if you don't, it's going to cost you in the end. So to date, how have you helped bring awareness to this product? Tell us a little bit about what you've done marketing-wise. How, how have you gotten the word out there? I know uh, you mentioned LinkedIn earlier, so we definitely yeah, want to LinkedIn, talk on that. LinkedIn is my favorite. If you're in business, period, I don't even care what you sell. You have to be on LinkedIn. If you're not on LinkedIn, then you don't exist. You're you're basically not out there. It's not those those get you to the people you'll never get to go see. Industry specific, yeah. 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 I have met I have met CEOs of companies. I have met I mean big things that they'll come talk to you and you'll be able to show them. And not everything works out, but you're still going to have conversations with people that you could never make an appointment and go in and see ever. Yeah. And you're going to be able to at least talk to them. And it, it's it's just amazing. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I try to build that as big as I can because it, it really does bring a lot of value. That's awesome. Yeah, we're big advocates of social media he, for he, obvious reasons. He initially <laughs> thought LinkedIn was Instagram and was started uh, taking pictures of his food on there and didn't understand. <laughs> what, what are you doing? That's awesome. I love it. So um, while we wrap up here, we always end with two questions. Um, what's one thing each of you wish you knew before you started your businesses? And then I'll get to the next one after that. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, I'll go. I wish I would have known, um, to be honest with you, wish I would have done and known that what I bought, I would have actually just sold it to somebody else and collected a check. <laughs> sold, sold the patent. I, yeah, yeah, I would have sold. I would have gotten my patent and I would have just sold it off because I'm going to be honest with you, if you're faint at heart or you are not, if you don't have the ability to make big jumps and do things and be cry sometimes, laugh sometimes. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. This is not for you. There was nothing easy. I did nothing that I did ever came easy at all. And if you're not ready for that, I mean, you have the greatest highs, but you have also the greatest lows. Big lows. So yeah. you have to be able to manage that whole thing. You know, lean on the people that are helping you. You know, you don't try to be the guy who knows it all because if you think you know it all, you're you're the dumbest person in the room. Okay, let everybody else help you. You don't always have to agree with everybody, mm -hmm. but you got to listen to them. And you got to let them try to guide you, you know. Well, and, and not agreeing, like Chris had mentioned, not agreeing brings so much value because you don't want yes people around Correct. you. The yes people are what causes They'll brands. Bury, yep. Yeah, they yeah. bury you. <clears throat> yep. You have to have people that disagree and bring alternative ideas to the table and, and, and question what you're doing, even if question what you're doing or the a decision that you're trying to make just opens up a door to to verify that that's the right answer. Right, because then you have to explain it to them. Yeah. A lot of times people don't do their own decision checking. They just go, well, that's right because it's never been questioned before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I probably would have, what I probably would have, I mean, so for me, I'm, I'm just in such a different industry. So as an right. attorney, I'm a solo attorney. And mine's kind of a two-part thing I wish I knew. The value of assistance the value of being able to lever my own time out and not be stubborn and waste time doing things that I can pay for, right? Like hiring somebody was the greatest thing I ever did at my business. And I tried to do it for a while because I didn't want the almost the responsibility of having mm -hmm. to carry someone or, right. you know, do all that. But then you realize how much they actually do add value in your life. Um, and then with that, though, is also 
um, understanding that you don't have to build everything. You can rent things. And I think it's a, a lesson people do not think about. Um, you know, we're not going to throw Dan under the bus, but <laughs> you're talking about sometimes you should just rent the boat. Yeah. Rent the boat. Yes. You know, because owning the things and hiring people permanently, there's a lot of people out there. We, we live in an almost, you know, alternative economy. There's an availability of an alternative economy with the Internet, with all this stuff, because I can say, hey, this thing's worth 500 bucks to me. Who will do this for 500 bucks? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that way you're not carrying liability and that way you're not having this thing that's five, you know, someone's not on your dole all the time. So as an entrepreneur, learn to be lean, learn to be flexible, think outside the box. And if you need something done, be creative with how you get it done. Oh, yeah. I love that. The lean startup mentality is amazing. I started Cardi Media that way. I brought in people. I outsourced website development, mm-hmm. photography, videography, graphic design, everything, sure. but they're all freelancers. Yep. So I didn't have that massive overhead, but they've been with me pretty much since the beginning. Right. I've been able to rely on them. Right. And you probably pay them better. Yes. So that's what people don't <laughs> understand. I would rather pay someone well to do a job, right? Mm-hmm. Because especially if you extract value from it. Right. Right. So if I pay you f- to do this job and you know, it's more than your employer's paying, I guarantee you. Yep. Like if you break down an hours, uh, an hourly thing that a lawyer does at a big firm, for example, mm-hmm. let's say you you go out of law school and you're one of the lucky ones, you get a hundred thousand in your job, but then you have to bill, let's say fifty hours a week, two hundred hours. So when you break that down, you're making a good wage, but your boss is making an excellent wage. Oh, yeah. So you're leveraged for them. Mm-hmm. So if if you can kind of cut that middle person out and and provide that value to somebody who's looking for it, right? And you find those people and they're out there then you're all going to be better off. Yeah, I think that's, you know, both of those points are something that everybody needs to hear. And I I don't think we could reiterate it enough. I could say it on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Rent, don't buy. Rent, don't, Rent buy. don't buy. Other yeah. than houses. Yeah. <laughs> Other than real estate. Rent, don't buy. Real estates, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so our last thing, everybody knows, if you guys have chimed in before, that we do coffee and cupcakes as a fun little theme um, of this podcast. And we ask our guests to bring in their favorite mug or to pick one of our mugs that we have to choose from. So, Brian, tell us your story on what attracted you to your mug that you brought today. I was just out shopping. Me and my wife, we have three cats. And we love our cats, just like most people love their dogs. Mm -hmm. And um, I saw this cup just sitting on the shelf, and I just had to have it. It says, not right meow. And it has the (laughs) cutest little cat face. (laughs) I just laughed, and I knew I had to have it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, mine's a – I brought in my my, uh, commercial real estate co-star – um, cup from my car because I had intended on bringing my nice new Vegas Golden Knights cup in, nice. um, which is at my office. I thought I would have more time, but I got uh, caught in a two-hour breakdown of something I thought would be about 10 minutes, <gasps> thus the life of a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and anyway, yeah, so then I rented this cute little guy. I don't know what he is. He's a, is that a cat, bro? You're a cat person. Is that a cat? I don't know. No, it looks, like, looks a, like a bear. bear. Yeah. Like a bear. It looks like a bear. I don't know. It's got that nose. It's got the little know. pointy ears. Oh. Yeah, it's got little feet like a cat. Yeah, I don't know. He's adorable. Anyway, that's why. <laughs> we purposefully picked mugs, um, some of them, some of the animal mugs, to where it's questionable what type of animal this it is. This is very Android. Yeah, because what, what it opens it? up a conversation. There's one that we still have yet to figure out if it's a elephant or a fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait to see this one. Yeah, a little different. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really 
really fun. Um, so we want to leave all of our listeners with where they can find you guys if they wanted to to seek your your product or your services. Yep, RockPro is rockpro.info, um, R-O-C-K-P-R-O dot I-N-F-O. Rockpro.com is like some music teacher in oh, <laughs> Sheboygan uh, or something. You'll buy them out one day. <laughs> Someday. I've, I've sent them emails saying, hey, we'd love to be, you know, rockpro.com. Um, Oh, just quickly, I got a funny story. My, so my phone number is 702-CONNELL. Oh, cool. Cool. Connell Law, 702-CONNELL, C-O-N-N-E-L-L. And my email is Connell Law, Chris, cconnell at connelllaw.com. So for the connelllaw.com, I had to just bite the bullet and pay for it. There was a guy who had it, you know, it was like a, a site that, I can't remember the guy's name, he uh, he owned the site and he was parking mm-hmm. it. Okay. So I bought it for him. I, I just bought it for him. I had mm-hmm. connelllawlv.com before. It's still active. I still have it, but... I got Connellaw.com, but the phone number, 702-Connell. So I called it just to find out who had that number, mm-hmm. make him an offer, because you can do that, and I've done it in the past. I call, and it's it's dead number. So this was months before I ever launched. This is when I still worked at a firm. I was trying to get this number, because I knew <laughs> I was going to. Yeah. But I had to actually wait to get my green card before I could start my own business. So anyway, it's a long story. It's been So I called this number, nothing. A month later, nothing. The third month, I called it, and it was a an absolute crackhead. Oh man! And it was this burner phone. It was like, anyway, so they hung up and hung up the phone on me. So I called back a month later, then nothing. Then I, I looked it up. I was doing phone searches, trying to find a name because I wanted this number seven hundred two Connell. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, it's seven letters. I mean, it's perfect. And so um, I finally got a hold of the number where it's from. And it was a, a Bangladeshi, either telephone company or it was owned. And so they just leased it to burner companies, like burner wow. phone companies. So I got on the phone with, oh, and they said it was owned by AT&T at first. So I went to AT&T store. They said, no, it's not owned by us, someone else. So I went mm-hmm. to like Verizon, oh my gosh. nothing. Wow. So I finally got a hold of this person that was in Bangladesh, literally. And they said, in order to get this number, you know, we, we don't assign numbers. It just, if you get it, you get it, luck of the draw. Someone out there will have 702 Connell. Mm-hmm. I was insistent. This person on the phone, I'm like, please just let me have this number. It's very important to me. I've been trying to get it for months. She goes, okay, let me let me talk to my manager. So back and forth. I was on the phone for two hours. And, With and India? <laughs> <laughs> Bangladesh, yeah. And so, um, uh, so finally, she got a manager. She goes, okay, you have to go to Walmart and buy our burner phone. Wow. You have to go buy like a burner oh, phone. And if we can coordinate this, I can try to get you the number 702-CONNELL. Man. So I go to Walmart. I'm like on the phone, like oh ripping open this burner package. Just like, I'm like, I, I, don't, I swear I don't deal drugs, people. I'm waving at people and stuff. So I get this package open, get it all set up. I go out to my car. I'm sitting there for a half hour, still on the phone, talking to the manager. She's like, okay, I think we can do it. So we do this test, test phone number. Okay, great. We're, we're glad to have you as a customer. Like, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. I hang up the phone. I'm like, hey, T Mobile, can you put <laughs> This is like your phone sucks. Is the yeah, crap? Yeah, <laughs> like I can't, like, I can't use this phone. This. Yeah, so that's wow. awesome. So I, they, they sold the phone off me for it, but it, it took about <laughs> four or five months of pure elbow grease to get that one done. Oh, and it's yeah. The the importance of having a great number and a great website is just something that not enough business owners. Right. spend time on and I love that you have that story and you were just super persistent you know you're just I have a question for you um, not to turn the tables but do you find that the first thing entrepreneurs try to do is just work on their website like they think that once that's there it's this holy grail of oh now I'm an established business I have a website 
Yes, and it's more prevalent today than ever because of ClickFunnels. Um, people hear on the internet that they can just start a business overnight and they can literally do it in a couple of hours. And they launch this website and they sit and they wait and they try to figure out how they're not making millions of dollars and they didn't spend any money on Facebook ads and they did not legally register their business entity and they didn't do any research on whether or not the business name was trademarked. Right, right, right. So yes, the answer is yes. People think that they can literally just no launch a website, plan. know nothing, yeah. and then they wonder why they fail and that was literally killing me inside <laughs> because I watched <laughs> so many businesses come to me and I watched them get cease and desist letters from trademark infringements and just yeah. so many problems if you that don't happen. Do it, if you don't so do unavoidable. it right, you'll you'll find in the end, it'll end up costing you way more than if you just go out and go through the steps yeah. and get it done. I think there are um, also statutory damages if you use um, someone else's photo. So I think in intellectual property laws, there are some um, intellectual property violations that you can commit where you can get statutory damages for improper trademark or use or, you know, whatever. So uh, using a, a, a song on your website. Oh, yeah. yeah people don't realize all that stuff is, if it's not Creative Commons, it's, it's protected intellectually. I have clients that will think that it's okay to post a picture of the Super Bowl-like logo <laughs> and <laughs> mention that they're having some sort of Super Bowl sale. And I, I give them feedback. I'm like, I can't. How, you cannot post this. You need to delete this. Like, we cannot use this. And they're like, uh. I go, no, you have to say, like, the big game or whatever. And yeah. you can't use any of this stuff. It blows my mind how much people think that they can just start a company. It's literally like going through school. You have to start out in preschool and you have yep. to go through all the years and you have to graduate with a certificate and be ready and know not to miss these steps. And it's almost impossible not to miss a step unless you have somebody that's been through it a bajillion times right. and they know. Kindergarten is a things. business plan. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have a business, if you haven't thought through your business, you don't have a business. It's, yeah. yeah. It's. And it's going to change all the time. That's the thing about business plan is you make it the first day and you're so, I was so happy with my business plan and I, I thought it hit all the right mo, you know, all the right things. And then, but it, we're, we're six months or a year into it. And basically, like I said, everything that I have on my business, it's kind of, Changed. Yeah. yeah, it's a so working now, document. Yeah, it's a working. So you need to go back and re kind of think through it again, and mm -hmm. right. you know, which sucks because, like I said, I hate doing business plans. Yeah, <laughs> but they got to get done, or else you you just can't see the end of where you're trying to get to. That's crazy. There's so much knowledge I could literally talk about it for a year. Um, so we'll we'll wrap up here on this episode. Thank you so much, you guys, for Thanks joining for us. us today. Thank we do much. have the links in the description so they can click over to your website, follow you guys on social media, and check you out if they want to. Awesome. awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.